What's going on, everybody? Hey, it's episode 399 of Offside Hockey Talk, knocking on the door of 400. Before we jump into this show, I got to get something right off my chest to happen last night. Uh, ridiculous. Ridiculous, the, the healthcare system here in Canada right now. Uh, I'm not going to go political on this. Just going to give my quick two cents. You call an ambulance and they cannot give you an ETA. That is not a good thing. If you go to the hospital and they can't tell you an ETA on a doctor, that is not a good thing. Let alone for an adult, but let alone for a child. And that's the situation I was in last night. I don't like it. It needs to change. It needs to be fixed. It is broken. It is ridiculous to have that feeling of helplessness, not knowing what to do when the people that are supposed to be there to help you just aren't coming, or at least in any kind of timely fashion. So I want to get that out there right quick. Um, yeah, just nuts, man. So if I'm a little off tonight, that's the reason. I'm tired, running on no sleep, running on all kinds of different mixed emotions. But anyways, I digress from that. This, today, we got the MLB trade deadline. We got producer Clark coming on here in a little bit. We got the Leafs doing things. We got Dev Camp. We could talk about a little bit after what we talked to David Alter about and Dave Jackson. Um, you know, we got all kinds of different things. We can go in different directions. One thing that did pop up last week was Mr. Klingberg signing with the Anaheim Ducks. Um, full no trade until January, which is pretty weird. So I guess get comfortable and enjoy California. Till it gets cold everywhere else, so to speak. Um, what do you think? Instant gut reaction to Klingberg to the Ducks. Obviously, the Ducks, here's one thing. They did start off hot last year. But as we've seen, they traded a lot of those guys away. Lindholm yep. went to Boston. Manson to Colorado. I'm wondering here, you look at this team, you say, okay, now you've added Klingberg. Is that enough to propel this team forward? Remember what Gibson said. He thinks this team can still contend and still win, may I add. So what are your instant reactions here to the Klingberg signing? Uh, am I wrong to think that Klingberg doesn't deserve $7 million? I mean... Uh, you know what? I would say that he does. I mean, he is one of the... He does produce well. He did get pushed down the death turret by a younger guy in Dallas. Uh, you yeah. give him his cookies, you give him his chance. And if he's a quarterback, look at Shattenkirk, by the way. Same kind of thing. He's still in Dallas or no? Or not in Dallas, sorry. He's still in Anaheim, no? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but same okay. thing happened to him. Had his minutes cut. Production dipped. We all know the story. Yeah, I... It could it could just be actually I, I didn't look at it this way. It could be a very good person to look at for someone like Jamie Drysdale on the back end, somebody that wants to be that that type of player in the future, somebody that takes on the quarterback role. Um, that's the only way I can kind of see this move kind of working out. And to be honest, like the Ducks are a young team. If they're not competing, they're just going to ship them away anyways. Uh, seems kind of silly to have the no trade until January, but 
it is what it is. Well, it goes through a limited, uh, a limited no trade, so it's ten teams he's allowed to be selected to. So I guess by January you really get the feel of who's going to be a contender and who's yeah. not, and yeah. you can make those ten teams be known on your list. But still, I would, I just see this as a you know almost trying to meet cap floor if they're down there. I know that they are a team that probably is struggling with it. Um, yeah. How about you? I don't right now. It's a fair thing. I mean, I look at Klimberg and I say this is a guy that can produce offense and maybe the Ducks where they felt they had the hot start last year, maybe able to use his offense, maybe able to use him as power play quarterback number one. Uh, Klingberg may see it as a chance to do that, just that thing, and yeah. run up his numbers and, hey, increase his trade value for the Ducks and everybody's win-win. He gets $7 million. They get assets and picks or whatever it'll be if they don't make the playoffs. Could yep. be. But, I mean, if some wants their candies and nuts, and we will see. We will see. Another thing is um, this is not taking a shot. So, everyone, when I uh, when I say this, I'm not poking the bear. I'm not trying to be rude. Uh, Bobby Ryan had himself an incident last week. Um, you know, we wish him well. We hope uh, he finds the, the help and sobriety he needs. But that's a uh, a tough situation to be in. You know, temptation all around you and not really being able to uh, to turn it down, especially at an airport, right? I mean, you're by yourself. The itch yep. comes on. You know, text messages and phone calls only go so far. Yeah. Um, I, I can honestly say at the end of the day, Bobby Ryan is a really genuine, genuine guy. I, I read a lot of his tweets that had uh, occurred the day after the day of. Um you know, every everybody struggles with their own things. You know, some people have demons talking to them, uh, and you know, sometimes those demons talk and say, "Hey, do this, do that." Um, I don't blame the guy for doing it. Um, obviously, he did have a problem in the past, um, and he he came back into the NHL and uh, was uh, unbelievable. Um, I th- I think. Uh, also, I, I did talk about this with uh, one of my buddies, and I, I think it obviously has to do with a, a lot with his past. Um, you can't really blame a guy for dealing with things in a certain sense with everything that has gone on in his life, um, but it is not not any excuse, obviously. Um, I hope he's okay, and uh, I hope he continues uh his new road to sobriety um what are your thoughts james uh you know what for me i definitely agree with you um you know i just the only thing you say about bobby ryan is you hope that he finds sobriety obviously the tweets afterwards you know obviously being in the tough spot just wanting to get back to family and and really try to get things back on track again it's all you can hope, right? I mean, it's a forever battle. It's not not one that just happens and then you defeat it. You know, alcoholism yeah. or any kind of addiction is something that goes with you your entire life. It's an everyday struggle. And anyone who has faced those things will tell you that. That it just yeah. doesn't go away. It just doesn't stop. It's forever there for you. So, yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm with that 100%. Um, I look around the league, too, here for the uh, – what's going on lately and i'm wondering for you you look at the um you look at what's still out there nazem kadri 
Still not signed. When I ask you, give me your gut feeling here. What's going on with Nazem Kadri? What has happened? Why is he not signed? What's the deal here? I know a lot of the dance partners have already used up their money. There's rumors of him going back to Colorado. There's rumors about him going to Seattle. What's happening here and why is he not signed? And some people are quick to point out that, you know, for Nazem Kadri, if he wasn't Nazem Kadri, the situations he's put himself in throughout the playoffs, um, some people suggest that he rubbed some people the wrong way with that comment about kissing his ass, you know, <laughs> does did that rock the boat? Did that cause maybe some teams to raise a couple eyebrows outside of the Colorado Avalanche? I'm not saying it did. I think it was great. I think it was what needed to be said. But you know how prude and uptight hockey guys can be. Is that the situation? Uh, not one sense. Uh, no NHL team is looking at Caudry and being like, "Oh, he said something bad. Here he goes again. We're not gonna. We're not gonna pursue him in any way." Nazem is somebody you want on on your playoff team. Eve. If the Leafs could fit him on the roster, I'm sure they probably would try and pursue him as well. Um, you know, I think Nas is just holding out for what he deserves. This is the f- kind of like the final long-term deal that he can get with a lot of dough. Um, you know, he's he's somebody that is like Brad Marchand. He he's a pest on on the ice. He'll say what he wants. In the media, you've seen all the drama with Bennington during the playoffs. Um, now, I always forget names, but the scout that we had on did Mark mention a team that the New York Islanders may be pursuing him very, very hard, and they just have to clear up some cap room and uh, then sign them. I think that would be a very delicious, delicious uh, signing. Uh, he fits Lou Lamorello's type of player. I mean, obviously, Lou probably loved them in Toronto, no doubt about it. So I think it's a match made in heaven. I don't think Colorado is going to re-sign him unless that's not saying that that would be his last option. I feel like Seattle would be more of more or less his last option uh, just because of he still wants to con- compete in that sense. Um, from the get-go, I did say the Rangers, but the Rangers went out and got Trocek, so I know that's not uh, going yeah, to happen. Yeah, I thought of now. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think it – I mean, the Islanders were in the Stanley or, – the final four two years ago against Tampa pushed them to game seven. I think if they bring in Kadri, they can, you know, push that team back into uh, competition. So, yeah, I, I think it would be a great move for them, uh, depending who they have to move out. I don't know exactly the numbers of who they or what numbers they have to push out in order to fit him in. Um, but I think it would be a great move. Uh that way how about you james you had to mention the islanders i said it when sidell was on i don't want him going there just because you know what islanders fans are going to do they're going to use that as the the john tavares reverse bridge and they're going to use that as the uh look who we got from you even though he hasn't played for us for a couple of years 
you know goddamn well that is what is going to be said. That is what they are going to use for ammo. Um, but the problem is with Lou Lamorello, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think old Lou's uh, lost a couple screws because there's some players he's lost lately. Like, uh, and I don't want to horse in my bed, Lou, if you're listening. Um, I, I still respect you. Got your autograph above my head. Got to have a good chalk with you. So if you remember me, I don't want no horse. I know the mafia is tied to you somehow. So um, <laughs> all jokes aside, though, giving up Devon Taves to the Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche. That's a risky one, man. It's a risky one. Young defenseman, um, you know, walking your own guy to free agency only to re-sign him once you struck out on Gabriel Landeskog and other players. Kind of, uh, I know it's got big brass ones written all over it, but it could have been uh, big brass ones blowing up in your face. So I think loose screws are a little loose. And I think a guy like uh, Stevie Eiserman, um, he's the guy you want to watch. I think he's the new Lou in the league. And I think that Detroit might be the guy to land Nazem Kadri. And why do I say that? Young upswinging team. You got a Lucas Raymond. You got a Mo Sider. You got a Dilly Larkin. Um, you know, Tyler Bertuzzi. The list goes on and on. This team is on the upswing. Um, you know, they went out and got Perron as well. So that team right there to me is the team for Nazem Kadri that I say, hey, this is a team that you want to watch out for. Now, if Kadri wants to chase the absolute bag, then he goes to Seattle. You know, yeah, yeah. and we've had this talk many, many times. Uh, cheers to anyone tuning in. But if you haven't heard this one, I've said it. It goes two ways. If Kadri didn't win the cup in Colorado, I think he instantly resigns there yeah. at a decent dollar amount. But he won the cup. So now he's a cup to his resume. So now you see what Kadri wants. Does he want to cement the legacy or does he want to chase the bag? To me, he can still get fairly decently paid if he goes either with the Islanders or the Detroit Red Wings. But if he wants to chase the bag, you go to Seattle. You take the big payday and you go on a run with Seattle for whatever they're going to do. Be a name, be a jersey that sells, be a face in the community, do all those things that, you know, Nazem Kadri can do. Um, But, yeah, for me, I look at uh, Detroit, man. Detroit's where I got my gun on. For uh, for Nazem, it's close to the GTA. It's close to London. It's close to all these things that he's familiar with, without being a Maple Leaf. Basically, yeah. is what I'm saying. That's fair. I I think um, that would be a great fit. I think it would be an amazing fit. Like I said, Stevie Eiserman, um, we knew when he was with the Tampa Bay Lightning, he is a mind guy. He knows what's going on. He knows how to manipulate things to his way to bend people the way he wants trades to go signings to go. He's very, very smart, obviously. Um, But that being said, we will see what happens with his team and with Nazem Kadri. Another team that's in the headlines a lot right now. um, Now, not for off hockey hockey reasons for once is the uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, You got Patty Kane, you got Jonathan Taves, both guys sitting, um, wondering what's going on with the franchise. Uh, Jonathan Taves basically came out and said he's not really thrilled with what's going on, doesn't know what's going on. That, to me, smells like a guy who probably wants out. Um, and then Patty Kane definitely, I believe, wants out of there. And there is some heat right now about where he may go, whether it's Buffalo um, there's been a couple of other teams that have been mentioned. Again, Detroit has been in there. Um, you look around the league and say, where else could he possibly go? There's another name that wants uh, in Seattle. 
You know, if he goes there, he's big, big ticket man. You know, jersey sales to go up through the roof, all those different things. But um, it depends on what Patty Kane wants and where he wants to go. Everybody keeps saying, you know, Buffalo is maybe a year away. You add a Patty mm-hmm. Kane. You add a Patty Kane. That is adding Artemi Panarin to the New York Rangers level of stepping your team up. That is yeah. exactly what that is. You want to expedite a rebuild? You bring in Patty Kane. He's still good for what? 70, 80 points. You yeah. put him with some of the young guys. You let them learn. He's a name to help rejuvenate, give some juice to the Buffalo Sabres who desperately need it. And Sportsnet, chef's kiss to the graphic you put out the other day. Did you know? I think there's only what? What is it? How many is it, Dylan? Do you remember the number? Do you remember how many players in the league that have played the Buffalo Sabres that are active, active players in the league that have played the Buffalo Sabres in the playoffs? There are only nine active NHLers have played the Buffalo Sabres in the playoffs. Patrice Bergeron, Sergei Bobrovsky, Jeff Carter, we're not getting any younger, Zdeno Chara, Claude Giroux, Andrew Ladd, Milan Lucic, James Van Riemsdyk, and Blake Wheeler. All of those nine players, those are nine players, the only nine in the NHL that have played the Buffalo Sabres in the playoffs. So Leaf fans, next time anyone from Buffalo (laughs) chirps you, Remind them of that small fact. There are only nine players in the whole damn league that have played the Buffalo Sabres in a uh, playoff game. That is ridiculous. There's nine left. That's it. And they're all over 35, I'm pretty sure. They're all on the back nine looking at the clubhouse, folks. <laughs> so if you want to go chirping, go look at the stats. Keep oh, this shut until you start doing it. But a Patty Kane, I will tell you, a Patty Kane will step that organization up and will add some juice, some flair, whatever you want, and he comes home and can be the hometown savior, maybe leading them to the playoffs because they definitely did take a step last year, in my humble oh, opinion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They... What do you think of Kane going to, the, going to the Buffalo Sabres? Do you think that's a good one? What do you think, Dylan? It wouldn't just be good for, okay, wouldn't just be good for Patrick Kane, but also be good for just the hockey in Buffalo. Patrick Kane coming home, there would almost be a parade just for that. And, you know, like, I I think you would see more Buffalo Sabres fans in other arenas almost because, they'd actually be able to put a, a, a decent name on the back of their jersey. Um, now, let's not say that they haven't had any in recent years, but they have fumbled it a bit. Um, you know, at times last year, they their young core looked very, like, ahead of their years. Now, obviously, I didn't like this the couple games that we played against them uh, in March there, I think it was. Um, but, you know, like they had, what, a 40, correct me if I'm wrong, 41-year-old goaltender in net, Craig yep, Anderson. Craig Anderson, who they re-signed, by the way, and is coming back. Um, I think that's a solid guy, though, to have with Pekka Lukanen, uh, Luka Lakin. Yes. 
I don't want to mess up his name, but I could probably just butcher the living hell out of it. But hey, it <laughs> is what it is. that guy's got a really interesting name. Yes. Um, no, I I actually really, really enjoy their young core. Um, shipping out uh, Eichel and getting Krebs, Tuck, and I there might have been somebody else. I forget. But I mean, they. I listened to the Spit and Chiglets the other day, and Kyle Posa was talking about some of their young guys. And Jack Quinn and JJ Paderka are some names to watch. Uh, the likes of, I think it's Matthias Samuelson on the back end. Yep. Is apparently a monster. Mm-hmm. And you still have Darlene and Owen Power who are under 22, I think, who are just going to be a force to be reckoned with in, in years to come. That's what I mean, man. I said about a year, right? You, you bring in that Patty Kane and that's an element that gets guys excited because then you have guys who will probably want to join the Buffalo Sabres to play with a Patrick Kane. And if guys like Thompson and them start popping off a little more, oh. holy beast mode, you know what I mean? I don't know, man. The Buffalo Sabres are definitely a team in the Atlantic to watch this season. Do I think they make the playoffs? Probably not. Their goaltending isn't strong enough, but you never know. You know, goaltending may be the thing that stands on his head. And here we go with another Mike Smith story, right? Yep. So we'll keep it moving. We'll keep it rolling. Um, The Tuchuk deal goes down. He goes to Florida. Um, You know, obviously Huberto and Weger going the other way. And now apparently Huberto is already in talks to maybe get an extension going here. Um, Calgary Flame fans, you know, have, we're having a bad offseason, losing Johnny Gaudreau, uh, losing, you know, uh, Mr. Tuchuk. I, I, I said it the other night when we talked on the show. Actually, I think if we said it with Dave Jackson on, I said, man, I think it's time for Calgary to blow it up. Blow it yeah. up. Get rid of everything. Get all the assets you can. And then Tree Living pulls this deal here. And, I mean, I know everybody's rehashed this to death, but for me, getting Huberto and Uyghur is huge, and getting them both re-signed, that could be setting your franchise up for a long, long time. 115 points for Huberto. That is absolutely no joke. This guy is a legitimate superstar, replaces Johnny Gaudreau. Obviously, you still need to find something in the wings to fix where Chuck was, but I'm looking at this and saying, hello, this team right here is still back on the hot burner and ready to go and contend in the Western Conference. Yep. What do you think of the deal, though? Like, when you saw it, what was your gut reaction? <laughs> you know, my gut reaction? So I was like, it, it, I think a tweet went out by Friedman, and it was like, Matthew Tuchuk has been traded to Florida. And my immediate reaction is like, holy freaking shit. The Panthers are going to be a force to be reckoned with, with Barkov, Huberto, and Tuchuk. And then the next tweet comes out. Oh, Huberto is headed the other way. Wait a second. Something didn't add up here. Say I, was, I was like, they, they totally fooled me. But this is, it, you know, I, I don't know if Florida thought that somebody else was coming forward with a, a better move or something. Uh, I, I don't know. But it was almost a no-brainer. It's like you're in – you know, you're in NHL 22 or whatever, and you see this trade, you know, even though Huberto is a little bit older, if you're competing, it would almost be a no brainer. Um, 
the only the only bad thing I see about Calgary is now who is you know who's going to be on that top forward line with Hubert. Oh, they'll find someone Lindholm. to step it up. But I assume you know maybe maybe Tree Leaven sees an RFA out there and is like, hmm, why don't we just, just offer him something? <laughs> and and he could click right away with Hubert and and Lindholm. Uh, you know, Lindholm did well with. Johnny and Tichuk, and I truly only believe that the reason why Tichuk wanted out was because Goudreau was gone, and I don't think he thought that he could perform on a team by himself. Ooh. Like, he didn't have another superstar. He has Barkov in Florida, but I, I don't know. Maybe he couldn't handle it all. I don't know. I'm not saying or assuming anything, but Ladies and gentlemen, his name is Dylan Fournier. Follow him over at D434 on TikTok and Twitter. If you want to holler at him about that one, feel free. Shots fired. The Chuck but, can't do it on his own. I mean, you know. What, what player can? Really? Even Connor freaking nope. McDavid no player do can. it on its own. But that I think that was honestly his, his – what he was afraid of. He was afraid that tree living was just like, yeah, no, I, uh, I'm not going to get anybody else. We're just going to go with you guys. And the Chuck is like, well, to be honest, I don't want to go forward without trying to win. And you know, that's, that's the biggest thing. You know, these young guys have a lot of leeway nowadays, unlike the olden days. Uh, and I mean, I can't say, I don't think that his dad was bipping in his ear saying you deserve to go wherever the heck can win so oh, well, the same thing happened with the other you know to chuck brother over in the senators you know it was a family affair right yep. everybody was in on it he said as much you know they'll all figure it out together so i'm assuming the same thing happened yeah. i'm sure that uh you know the two brothers now are looking at each other one in ottawa and one in florida saying what the hell what advice did you give me you're in the sun and the fun, and I'm out here. But anyway, you know what? If he wants to be a part of the Ottawa Senators and be there, that's perfect. And if the other wants to be with the Florida Panthers, amazing. That's what happened. Um, another team right now that is in a little bit of peril, my friend, is the Boston Bruins. They do have to clear some space. Why do I say that? Well, if Patrice Bergeron, which still they have given the Bruins absolutely no indication what he's doing, so you've handcuffed the team that A, has been loyal to you, the fan base that has been loyal to you. You've handcuffed them this free agency because they know they need to keep money free and open for you. Whatever the evergreen deal is, I'm sure they've discussed what the money would look like if he does come back. But at the same time, man, if he doesn't come back and it's 5 or $6 million that you could have spent on somebody else or even maybe moved a guy out and bring in a Nazem Kadri to replace a Patrice Bergeron. Not that you do for all of the defensive things or defensive things that he does, but you bring in Naz for the offense. You bring in Naz because Naz and Marshan on the same line and throw DeBrusque up there too. Dirty, just dirty, just all up in your face, all up in the grill, all up in the chirping. That would be a line you just wouldn't want to play against. Or if you want to go really wheeling and dealing and go, like Steve Dangle used to say, you could throw pasta on a line with Marchand and Kadri and just have two guys that will absolutely muck you up who can still play really well with the puck 
and then feed Pasternak. That would be greasy. But Bergeron has handcuffed all that and not allowed that to happen. Now they still need to clear space. They have about $4.8 million, but you have Bergeron, Krejci, which apparently he's coming back, and Pavel Zaka to sign with $4.8 million. Unless Patrice Bergeron pulls a Dano Chara and says, give me a million dollars. Really, is 3.8 going to get Pavel Zaka done? I don't no. think so. So you have to make a move there if you're the Boston Bruins. So Craig Smith is a guy that's on the block to be acquired. They got him from Nashville. They like what he brings. A lot of teams do. What do you see the Bruins doing here? Who are they moving? What are they doing? How are they wheeling and dealing? Because they got to get themselves at a cap hell. And hello, ladies and gentlemen, listen to the theme of what we're talking about. It is not the Maple Leafs that are the only team in cap hell. So many teams are in cap hell and having to get rid of, here we go, good players because of it. So stop the narrative that it's only the Leafs. You never hear this in anywhere anywhere else about any other team. But the Boston Bruins right now, guys, 4.8 left to sign three key guys, apparently. Um, or make another move to shore up their team. So what do you think? What do they move? Do they move Smith? What else goes out the door? I'm looking at their cap friendly right now. <laughs> uh, one, two, I'd say four. Four, maybe five guys could be out. Uh, on the back end, Mike Riley, uh, Derek Forbert, even though he played really well last year, they're both making $3 million for the next two years. Matt Grizzlick, I don't see uh, moving. He's at 3.687 for the next two years. Then you have Craig Smith, like you mentioned, 3.1 for one more year. And you have Nick Felino at 3.8 for one more year. I see somebody like uh, Felino or Craig Smith moving because you want to sign Pavel Zaka and he could slot right into where they were in the lineup. Now, uh, I mean, you could probably go out and sign some minor league guy uh, as a defenseman if you decide to go that route or bring somebody up from the minors. Um but I could definitely see any of those five uh, on the move anytime soon. But again, that depletes the Boston Bruins a little bit and what they're trying to do. And hopefully you have somebody maybe coming up through the system, but apparently one guy who does not want to move is Jake DeBrusque, who did have a, uh, a trade request in and rescinded that trade request. So I don't know, man, the Bruins, again, like the Leafs aren't the only team that really got to make deals and, and get themselves away from this cap hell which hopefully will be done in a couple of seasons, which the Leafs are banking on as they're setting up their contract structure. Yep. But uh, <clears throat> we shall see what happens there. Some good news, though, floating around the NHL circles. We were all worried about one Kirill Kaprizov and if he would get back from Russia, what was happening. You know, we all learned about the young goaltender in Philly, what was happening there. That was a huge concern for everyone. Apparently... Kirill Kaprizov is back on U.S. soil and is in Minnesota, which is great. You see Dylan clapping. This is a huge deal, guys, because there were a lot of reports saying that Kirill Kaprizov may not make it back to the U.S. 
Um, also had some trouble getting back here, apparently. Uh, was denied entry. Some things were going on. But he's finally here. The good thing that we learned about all this is he's on a school type of visa thing. And his study should take him the next 10 years to finish. <laughs> apparently the way he's attending classes, the way that it was the way that it was spelled out by that Russian reporter, it should take about 10 years to get all those classes done. Um, so he will still have to serve his, his uh, Russian military duty at one point in life. Um, and I liken this to, uh, to TKZ, the Korean zombie in the UFC. He had to stop his UFC career as a rising budding superstar to go fulfill his military duty in his home country. It was something he had to do. It just had to be done. There was no getting around it. There was no exemption because he was TKZ and, you know, was a rising star and the face of, you know, that branch of the UFC didn't matter. You got to do what your country says you got to do. So Kirill will have to do it eventually. That young goaltender for the Flyers seemed to be a pretty big deal because they signed him and wanted to get him over here. He's going through it right now, and he may come out the other side, a different cat. Yep. Unfortunately. But I'm very happy that uh, Kirill's back on this side of the pond. I am extremely ecstatic. Um, this is very good for my hockey card collection. <laughs> I'm trying to look for it, but I think both of my Kirill Kaprizov cards are off at PSA right now. So I'm thankful that he's back so that those will only go up in value. Um I'm actually very, very happy for him. He's somebody that has brought life back to Minnesota. He has brought the attraction back to hockey in the NHL in Minnesota. They they say they're, you know, the hockey, I don't know if it's a hockey um, state. That's, that's the word I was looking for, hockey state in their country. Uh, Man, he he knows how to change the game, and it's very very exciting having him in the game. Very good uh, for you know young people to look up to that uh, that type of kid. Uh, so glad he's back. Uh, I mean, if he was gone, I don't know what Minnesota would do. I would feel really really bad. Um, but uh, excellent that he's back. I also heard that maybe he's driving taxi uh, now that he's back. <laughs> I think it's a total hoax, but uh, I heard that there was YouTube videos that he was driving taxi <laughs> when he got back, but who knows? Um, yeah. Awesome to hear that. Um, James, uh, what do you think? What do you think? Well, I gave my two pieces, man. I'm, I'm pumped. He's back. Uh, yeah. A lot of drama surrounding it. You get a little nervous. Okay. And I'm, Saying anything about Russia, I mean, we had that uh, oh, yeah. <clears throat> that gentleman on not too long ago talking about the the Russian, you know, situation and how it can play out, and Knock he gave his wood. feelings towards uh, towards Russia. So we'll leave it at that. But I'm happy he's back. Happy he's going to be playing with the Minnesota Wild. Pumped beyond belief to see him light it up and have some fun. Just not against the Maple Leafs. Um, <sighs> speaking of the Maple Leafs, we have a former first rounder of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Heading to Switzerland, heading over to the Swiss League. Uh, Freddie the Goat will not be suiting up in the NHL as Frederick Goche is going over to the Swiss League. 
Um, he will be joining um, inked a one-year deal with HC Ajoy. So he'll be over there uh, playing over in the Swiss League, not here in the NHL. A lot of people were hoping he could figure out how to use his size, especially in Arizona. But Freddie the Goat is absolutely gone. Um, wondering for you, you look at you look at players moving on and going different things. Dennis Malgan came back. Um, but the Leafs, from all accounts, don't seem like they're fully settled on what's going on with their lineup. And we'll pick away at this in the coming weeks. Obviously, August, we start the ball rolling towards next season. So, you know, it's coming. Uh, September really gets some more meat on the bone when you start seeing things. But uh, would a guy like P.K. Subban, who still is unsigned, maybe fit in with the Toronto Maple Leafs? Maybe do little things? I thought he re-signed with the Habs. There's no P.K. Subban on the Habs. No? Uh, Maybe it was in my fantasy, and I'm totally mistaken. I might have to apologize for that one. Yep. No, Subban's Don agent, Don Meehan, recently caught up with Stu Cohen of the Montreal Gazette, and they opened up out of his client. He wants to play, I can tell you that. But I think at this stage in his career, he wants to play somewhere with pride and with a good opportunity without sounding too aggressive. I think he's earned the privilege to be selective in the team where he would play. So obviously, he wants to A, play for a contender. And this is what I said before about P.K. Subban. He's not the Norris P.K. Subban. But in his mind, and same thing with Drew Doughty, okay? Players who hold themselves to a high standard still think that they can play at a high standard. And that sometimes can be a very big issue because they want to go into whatever team they're coming to and be that guy that they used to be. Be the big minute-munching, power play, booming shot, you know, top two, top three defenseman. When, when you're on the back nine, you got to start accepting the fact that you are no longer the P.K. Subban. Man, I mean, Drew Doughty turned it on a little bit more. But when you're on that side of things, it's kind of hard to walk in and say, hey, I'm going to be the, the, the alpha here. I'm going to be the leader of this defense corps, or I'm going to be one of the top three guys when odds on you're not because you haven't been. You know, maybe you come in and blow the doors off. Maybe you do. But I really think he's going to go on a value contract to somewhere. Where do you see PK? Is it with the Leafs? Where is this guy going? Uh, I mean, we need a right-handed shot. I, it does make sense. He's from Toronto. I, I know maybe his heart's a little bit more in Montreal after he was drafted there and um, made a, a very big impact there. Um I would say, you know, maybe I can't, I, I would, I was going to say Buffalo, but maybe I don't think so. I would say Vancouver Canucks, if they need somebody like that, um, you know, if he wants a little bit of money, you know, send him to Seattle, but you know, oh, man, Ottawa, Ottawa needs somebody. I'm going to say it because it's close enough to Montreal. He has his ties there. I know he's from Toronto, but, you know, it could be a uh, a Matt Murray type situation where he's he's trying to go there and prove himself and prove that he can be a top four guy. 
because he could certainly slot into the top four and take over there. Um, that is somebody, that is a team that absolutely needs uh, some decent defensemen. And yeah, I think that would be a great fit. Um, where, what, where do you think he lands? Eastern or Western Conference? Oh, Eastern Conference for sure. Um, if not Toronto, Detroit. Okay. Again, something just tells me Detroit is going to be swinging on a few guys just to try to hit. You look at the, uh, Tampa with Zach Bogosian, how well that worked out. Um, so you think of an older defenseman who may still be able to find some part of his game, deliver some checks, deliver some minutes, uh, still has a pretty good booming shot. Use him in the right situation, and maybe you get the most out of BK. Maybe that's what you need to do. Um, just a rehash on the cadre talks we had a few moments ago. Um, it does uh, almost feel like you're right in true Lou Lamorello fashion. The contract announcement has been quiet, but uh, apparently it all seems but done between the uh, the New York Islanders and Nazem Kadri. Um, New York currently has 11.1 million dollars in cap space. Um, from what I'm reading here. Um, shout out to NHL trade rumors uh, for this. It's looking like it might be only a five-year deal at six and a half mil. Um, obviously, the familiarity with Lou signing him to his last deal in Toronto uh, may come into play. Um, yeah, I mean, this seems like where there's smoke, there's fire, my friend. This this may be something they can do. Uh, maybe it gets pushed up a little bit more than six and a half, but wow, wow. Islander fans are going to be pumped. Absolutely pumped. Holy yeah. smokes. Uh, what? I want to know what he made. So he was making 4.5. Yeah. I mean, it, it is a step up, and I see this almost like a uh, Landeskog type deal. You kind of. You kind of have to give where where you have to like give in because look at the cap situation everywhere. Everybody's strapped, and if he wants to compete with a team that is capable of doing that, he's gonna have to give give a little to get what he wants. You know, maybe maybe he's like, hey Lou, add a add an extra year, and I'll I'll for sure sign on the dotted line. You know, it, it, it could be, you know, you you shake my hand, I'll shake yours. You know, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine, and, and it's a done deal type of thing. You know, it helps uh, help each other where, where it needs to be. I honestly, like I said, I, I see this as a smart deal. They, they don't really have, you know, that one-two punch, and I, I see Kadri being definitely – that great two punch uh, for them. And they haven't really had too many new faces in the Island uh, in a couple of years, at least I don't think. No, they haven't. And you know what? Bring a little life into the rivalry. Maybe you get the Leafs and Islanders in the playoffs. Kadri gets the face off against his old squad. Tavares versus Kadri. Be something fun to watch. It writes itself. It really does. Um, 
Where's Paul Sapp, producer Clark, join us. I don't quite know where Mr. Clark Monroe is at at the moment. Um, I know he had a little to get down, but we are running long on time. So we're going to do a little bit of advertising here. This show is brought to you by Boxing Rock Brewing Goes, Puck Off Lagerdale, the big beer for the big game. And we're going to do our segment, the Bearded Blue Warrior, right here. Bada boom, bada bing. It is time, Dylan. Who is your bearded blue warrior this week? Hmm. It's a good question. Does it have to be hockey related? Mm, I would keep it within the hockey world. Um, you know, someone who's done some real good. I'm going to just go out there and say, this is going towards the world junior team Canada team. Hopefully they do well. I know they haven't done anything yet, but I expect them to hopefully bring gold back. Um, you know, we got a, a decent looking squad here. I did want to mention them in this podcast, but we can talk about it a little bit after if you're down to do that. Um, yeah. I, I uh, wish them good luck in this next week. Who's your bearded blue warrior? I'm going to go a little sentimental on mine. My bearded blue warrior is to each and every person who's listened, watched, tweeted, watched a TikTok, interacted, said hi when I've seen them, bought a t-shirt, won a contest, whatever whatever you've done to support 399 of these to each and every sponsor that has been on this show um, across the board. It has been absolutely amazing. Uh, Our next one is episode 400 of this show. Been rocking since 2016. So my bearded blue warrior, it goes to, to everyone who has made this show what it is, kept me going for all that time, man. Um, and now we're just turning it into something, which, by the way, is a top six Leafs podcast in the world. Let's go. And by the way, no big backers, like a big network, I mean. Obviously, we got Boxing Rock, which is huge to us. But no TSN. No Sportsnet, no Athletic, no ESPN, no the hockey writers, nothing behind us except for a mic, a screen, and the passion to talk about the game we love. And I'll put this fork in it too. This is not a shot, but we have zero, at least me, media training. I didn't go to school. I didn't learn about it. Everything on this show is self-taught and self-done. So... Thank you to each and every person. That's my bearded blue warrior. I want to say one thing. I'm going to redo mine. And I wanted to say this today. I wanted to say to Clark as well, but I want to give mine to you, James, uh, actually for giving me this opportunity to be a co-host. Uh, it actually means a lot to me. Um, I was looking for somebody uh, to kind of look up to in this world as I was trying to take my own journey on the podcast world uh it it truly means a lot and i love talking about the leafs so i'm 
glad to be here with you uh, on episode 400 coming up. It's going to be amazing, man. And there are many to come, many, many more to come. Um, we will have announcements in August. Uh, me and Dylan will be sitting down and putting our thinking caps on to see what happens. We did look back, or at least I did, and I looked back at the um, the Sundays. You guys loved the uh, what are the Leafs Weekender was a segment where basically it was just cut and dry for thirty minutes. Uh, the response to those were huge, so those will be probably coming back. Um, obviously, prediction season videios—they'll be out every game, having fun, doing different things, busting out guitars, singing whatever it takes to have a little fun and get you guys pumped up for the game. Um, Smitty sports cards. I'm not going to announce everything now, but I'll announce some things. Smitty sports cards coming back. Boxing rocks on board. Uh, We want to do a live show from a pub somewhere that will happen, but there's all kinds of cool things coming up that me and Dylan have to figure out and see what we can get done. But this season is going to be the biggest season. And trust me, when I say the guests that we'll have will probably blow your mind. And there'll probably be some six and the six people. And there may even be a show from the six and the six house. Who knows? Who knows? But we do have one more segment to get to. We are just filling airtime right now, trying to see if Clark Monroe comes on. But we have this one right here. This is Pack Battles. Offside hockey talk each and every week. We do our pack battle segment, so we crack it. Best card in the pack wins. Right now, it is tied, I believe, 2-2, because I didn't put last week's up. So we are tied 2-2. I think Dylan will take that, though. Shout out to the hockey card dad, too. He always gives a fair, Beauty. honest breakdown of everything. So we will check. Oh, please. oh, please. Oh, please. Oh, please. please. Please, you please, go please. first. You go first. Wait, are we just doing right off the hop? Yep, just your best. Okay, wait. I got to Okay, I'm going to the card. I'm closing my eyes. I'm not looking at it, making sure that it's on it. Going with Young Guns, Kale, Kale and Addison. Well, sir, I too have a Young Guns, but oh, mine no. is a UD Canvas Cam York. Young Guns! Woo! Let's go. That may either tie it or put me ahead. Who knows? But that is a sweet, sweet pull from a single pack. Yes, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this right here. We do pack battles every week. Tell us who won in the comments down below. Get fired up. Let's go. Each and every week, Woo! we'll be back in your ears. More Leafs talk next week. More Jays talk. Unfortunately, couldn't get Clark on. Had to get the little down. Hey, being a dad, as I kicked off this show talking about it, that is the most important thing in the entire world. Nothing trumps that. I want to say thank you to everyone on that side of the camera. Next episode, episode 400 of Offside Hockey Talk, where hockey comes to talk.